Hello, Gary Williams here. Welcome to my In Conversation podcast, a mishmash of chit-chats with friends and influencers across the world. Now, a few years ago, I was hosting a UK radio show where each guest would choose four songs and tell me why they were important to them. Now, due to music copyright issues, I can't share any of that music with you here just the conversation. So the music's gone, which might sound a bit weird sometimes, but I think it's still worth listening to what these great guests had to say. Enjoy. In Conversation with Gary Williams. Today's guest is an award-winning vocalist who's notched up concerts with big bands and orchestras like the Halle, the Philharmonia, the Royal Liverpool Philharmonic and John Wilson's fabulous orchestra, as seen many times now at the proms. His name is Matthew Ford, and he's just released a new CD. Matt Ford, welcome to In Conversation. Hi, Gary. You excited about your new album? Very excited. It's been a long time coming. As you know yourself, getting a big band album together is, apart from anything else, really, really expensive, <laughs> very time-consuming, and um, we, we do a live concert every year at um, Hometown, Bedworth Civic Hall. And when you say we... As in me and my big band. Your uh, own big band? My uh, very own big band. That's impressive. Not many people can say they've got their own big band. <laughs> Just for one or two dates a year. <laughs> but um, what dates? What dates they are. Um, and we said, look, let's, let's bite the bullet and record an album, a live album. Because uh, we can't afford to go into a studio and do it, you know yourself. It's ridiculously expensive. So we did it. We recorded a live, uh, a live performance. The band was absolutely knockout absolute knockout do you work better in a live situation than in a studio yeah i think i think personally you get a lot more energy in the, in the voice and in the presentation in a live performance if you go walking into a studio and, you, <clears throat> and you're just trying to recreate that live energy you can't you can't really do it because you're not you're not forced to be better than better than you can be in a way because the audience is there you know you have to raise your game when the audience is there and if there's no audience in a studio obviously um then i think i don't know i think i personally struggle to get that level of energy can you remember the very first time that you sang with a big band i can i was utterly terrified um i got booked to perform it was it must have been a corporate thing in the grand hotel in brighton and I was so excited I'd been asked to sing with this big band. And um, it was just a few Harry Connick tunes that I was asked to do. And it was utterly, utterly terrifying, as you know yourself, <laughs> when you first start out. It's, uh, it's really intimidating. You know, you've got 16 or 17 guys behind you and they're all looking at you thinking, well, who does he think he is then? It's, this geezer in a flash suit, you know, and shiny shoes. What's, what's he doing here? Go on then, impress me. And... Um, yeah, absolutely terrified, absolutely terrified. Well, what did it feel like when they started playing and you heard that noise? Oh, it's like a it's like a big warm hand supporting you. That's the only way I can think of it. It's this massive wall of sound and this great big warm hand that's sort of cushioning you from behind. Um, and it's, it's, it's like nothing else, absolutely like nothing else. How long did it take you from when you first started to get to a stage where you thought, I kind of, I'm more, I'm more right at this now. I kind of know what I'm doing now. Did you take to it like that straight away, or did it oh. take years? Oh, years, years and years and years. Because you, you're constantly learning. I was with the Sid Lawrence Band for five years, as you know, and um, it probably took me 
three years before I felt confident walking onto the stage. And we were, we were doing 140, 150 dates a year, so we were working a lot. As a, so as you're a talking about sort of four or five hundred shows mm. before you felt like you were really getting the hang of it. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then looking back now, uh, that's been crikey, that's been ten years since I left. Eleven years since I left the Sid Lawrence Orchestra, and I've improved. I've probably doubled my level of performance and level of confidence since then. So you, you're constantly learning. I'm still learning now. You know, you, you, as you know yourself, you walk out onto a stage and. You can, you can think you know what you're doing, but you're always learning. You're always learning every single gig. Why did you leave? Um, it was probably time to move on. I'd served, served my time with that band, and uh, I wanted to pursue other opportunities. I wanted to get my own band together and my own gigs together. And um, there was a little bit of a conflict of interest, so um, I had to sort of bite the bullet and say, OK, thanks very much, but... Because it must have been quite hard to leave the security of that many gigs to oh, go yeah. out on your own. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, that was the first professional sort of gig I had as a, as a singer. Um, and it was, you know, it wasn't a great living, but it was a, it was a living, as they say. And uh, Which is, for, for a singer, that's, that, yeah. that's amazing, isn't it? Just, yeah. to, just to make a living. Yeah, if you, can, if you can look in the diary in January and see 140 dates already plotted out for the year, then that's a, <laughs> that's a big reassurance, isn't it, for the year? Um, and then you can fit in other bits around, around that. But, um, Any regrets? I mean, do, you, do you miss it? Um, we had a fantastic time. I miss a lot of the guys. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the old guys aren't in the band anymore anyway. Um, but uh, I, do, I do miss the, the camaraderie of it. You know, the, everybody turns up to a gig and you've, you, you see each other almost every day. It's, it's like a family. You're listening to In Conversation with Gary Williams. The best in music and conversation. Tell me about your first record, Count Basie. Yeah, well, it, every year, like I say, we, we do this, this show at um, Bedworth and Colin Skinner gave me an arrangement of this next tune. He's a saxophone player and a great arranger. Yeah, absolutely, one of the best. And he's deputy band leader with the Sid Lawrence Orchestra. And um, he gave me this chart and it's one that I use um, sort of to, um, to get the band started. I'll, I'll give me... It starts the show... Um, sort of an overture sort of thing um, but it will be the first one that the band play in rehearsals in the afternoon so I'll stand out the front and as soon as they strike up it's just it just gives you the shivers because it's your band it's all your mates they sound fantastic it's great music it's a great arrangement and, um, and it just puts a smile on my face every time I hear it You've been singing with big bands for so long now. Do you ever get bored of it? No, no, I don't. I, um, I still find it a thrill to feel that energy from the band. Uh, and I work with all sorts of bands up and down the country, you know, school bands and um, right through to the BBC Big Band and, and, and fully professional touring bands. Um, but it's, it's still exciting. You... It's like with any job, you probably find it monotonous after a while, but I tend to give myself a kick up the backside if ever that sort of creeps in, because I'm very, very lucky to, to even stand on a stage with any big band. If you're singing a song that you've sung, you know, hundreds of times before, what's going through your head? Don't get the words wrong. <laughs> Sing it in tune. <laughs> and um, 
and just it you know you can try things out once you've done it that many times you can try things out try slightly different phrasing or or different breathing on it and um yeah, just, just try and make it more of your own. Isn't that a corny thing that they always say on the TV? You've, you've just said it. song your own. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> it's, you, you can't do that unless you've, you've sung it hundreds of times. Do you think you've found your own voice now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think every singer is influenced by singers that have gone on before. And if you weren't influenced by you know, singing it in the style that we do, if you weren't influenced by Sinatra and Tony Bennett and Bobby Darren, then there'd be something wrong with you because they were masters of their craft and they have to be admired and um, and revered for, for what they did um, with this sort of music. But you, you can't go copying anybody, you know, you've got to develop your own style. You can take bits, you know, you could take Matt Monroe's breathing and Sinatra's phrasing and Sammy Davis's energy and and it's quite a combination you're talking about there yeah yeah (laughs) that sounds good but that would be it would be like the the hybrid the perfect swing singing hybrid not you (laughs) bless bless you (laughs) and somebody who's been a great influence on you is Otis uh, Redding what's so special about his voice to you oh it's just the voice if if you know, people people often say, if you if you weren't singing this style, what style would you like to be singing? And it would be soul and Motown. I do like it when there's easy times, you know, and you haven't got things to learn, songs to learn in French and things like that, you know, <laughs> and, um, and and big headaches to learn, you know, loads of words or tongue twister lyrics. Um, but really, the sense of achievement once you've actually produced that on the stage really outweighs all the all the pain and anguish that and sleepless nights that you get have you up to those surprised yourself of what you've achieved when you look back now absolutely absolutely i mean i don't know about yourself but i get to points where if i'm learning a, a tricky tune i had to learn um uh trouble uh from the music man uh to sing for a one-off gig and there are so many words and it's so fast, it's so confusing. You get to a point probably a couple of weeks in to learning the song and I hit a wall and I just think, I can't, this isn't going to happen. It's not going to happen. And then slowly but surely, line by line, it comes in and then you find yourself on the day of the gig producing that, getting it right and and it's, it's such a thrill. It, it really is an absolute... Well, you know, you look back and think, yeah... I've done that, you know. It's, <laughs> you can feel proud of yourself. You, <laughs> you know. should. Um, tell me about your next record, Oh What a World. Well, I got into listening to Rufus Wainwright a few years ago now, and I've got a few of his albums, and it's just so inventive. It's just the arranging. His voice is, is quite unique, but it's not really the voice that, that attracted me to, the, to, to what he does. It's, it's the arrangements. You've done a couple of big proms with John Wilson and his orchestra. That must be quite nerve-wracking. Yeah, many, many weeks of sleepless nights for that one. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think after the first one, uh, I hadn't slept uh, for two weeks. And uh, you serious? Serious, yeah. And I can't because as soon as you shut your eyes, there's words. There's words going around in your head all the time. Because I had quite a lot to do in the first one. Um, some Fred Astaire things and um, stuff from Mary Poppins and 
all sorts of things. All okay. Are you allowed to have the words in front of you on stage? No, no, it all it all had to be in your brain, <laughs> and there's no no auto cue or anything like that. No, no, because no. there's a big. Of course, it's being televised, and I mean, what's the potential size of the audience for those things? Um, well, apart from the the five thousand people that were stood there staring. The, the, at yeah, there's, the, there's that all. small matter. Um, I think it. I think it was. It's the most. Watched prom, John's proms are, they, are even more popular than the last night of the proms. I think they get sort of three and a half million. And people. they're on DVD as well, I think. Uh, some of them are, yeah. So, the, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, if, if you make a mistake, oh. it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It, you're going to be remembered for it, right? Yeah. They'll never remember it when you get it all right. <laughs> Absolutely. And it was, um, it, was, it was quite a headache, actually. It was to a quick change. that to do different costume changes and all that sort of stuff. And... Um, it got to the point where, yeah, I was just exhausted. And John, as you know, he pushes you hard. And um, we're in rehearsal and he said, no, no, you, you've got to sell it more, you've got to sell it more, you've got to tell me the story more. And songs are stories, aren't they? So that's that's what we do. We, we tell stories and we try and bring the audience with us on these these journeys that are, that are the stories of the songs. And uh, he kept saying, you, you've, got to, you've got to convince me more, you've got to, you're not, you know, you've got to do better, you've got to do better. And it got to a point where <clears throat> I couldn't keep my eyes open. I was just <laughs> literally exhausted. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm, it, was, it was just emotionally and physically the most draining thing I've ever done in my life. And we finished it, came off the stage, and I just broke down into tears. <laughs> Absolutely. I was a... I was a a shadow of myself. <laughs> it's just, and and so many other people were the same because they were completely exhausted, and so there was this collective cry off backstage. <laughs> I think it should be Which on the DVD like extras. Oh yeah, I'd love to have seen that. <laughs> Let's just go backstage now and see our lead vocalist in tears. How did it feel? <laughs> Collapsed in a corner. In conversation with Gary Williams. What's John like to work with as a conductor for you? Because uh, you've worked with a lot of different conductors, so you can compare. Yeah, well, he, he pushes everybody really hard. He pushes the orchestras particularly hard um, because he wants to aim for that that perfect Hollywood sound. Um, and he gets he gets really really close to it. I mean, <laughs> there's some astounding astounding musicians in the orchestras that he conducts, but. He coaxes more out of them each time he works with them. He said, "No, you've got. To, I want more of this. I want more of this." And uh, and it's the same with the singers. You know, you've, you've got to you've got to sing in the style. And if you're not singing in the style, he pushes you and pushes you and pushes you until until you are singing in the style or you you're giving more than you thought you you perhaps needed to. It's um. Didn't you start as a PE teacher. I certainly did. Yes, and there's no shame in that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I bet you were a really good PE teacher. I was really good, yeah, really good. Um, that's why I don't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you didn't train anywhere. You didn't, no. or did you? You, you? So you could just sing. Well, I learned by listening. and, and um, Singing was in the family. You know, my grandparents, um, they, they were classically trained. I mean, my granddad works, worked at Rolls-Royce, but he, they had singing lessons with a classical tutor, him and my grandma, and they used to go around the clubs when people sat at pianos and people walked around and took their music and sang arias, you know, in the, in the clubs and things like that. Um, 
and my parents were both into amateur dramatics so it was always always around you know we were always in and around the local theater but um, so, I mean if people any... ask you for singing lessons can you help them um I got asked about 18 months ago your man approached me and uh, my answer my answer is I can help you with styling and phrasing and feel but don't ask me about technical things because I have no idea about music at all. <laughs> I love it. Matt Ford, star of the proms and a new big band album, no, has no idea about music at all. That's, you said it, that's your quote. Tell me about... There's hope for everybody, then, in that case. Tell me about your last record. This is a, a special one for you, I think. Oh, it's... it's um, this is one that um, my, my late father always wanted to put on. Uh, the man from the Mancha at the local theatre. He wanted to direct it and produce it, and um, unfortunately, he didn't. Uh, he, he passed away, and um, in his honour, the theatre did put it on the following year, and it was one of the most emotional things that I've ever seen in the, in the theatre. And uh, it was it was a truly astonishing performance. It's just a little local theatre, but it was an astonishing performance by all the cast, and um, this version is Jack Jones. Uh, singing it, well, this particular song, and Jack Jones's voice is just one of those. I mean, this is this is him at his the peak of his powers, and it's just a phenomenal voice. It's so clear, it's so expressive, um, and it's the impossible dream. Matt Ford, thank you for talking to us today. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch and hear more interviews just like this one, head over to my website, GaryWilliams.co. Dot UK.